This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It takes a minute. It takes a minute. Beep! Providing insight. It kind of sounds like some kind of howler monkey. Commentary. It's a vaginal lead-up. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now... Gutterball. Why? Why do you say things like Don Johnson to me? I know how to rattle your cage. <laughs> My cage has been rattled. You know, it's a nice cage. I like to live in it. It's comfortable. I feel like I'm safe from assailants from the outside, and yet here you come along, hulking, burly, beastly man, and you rattle it. Why? I am not unlike the aquatic monkey boy. Rattling the bars of the cage. <laughs> you are rattling them. Are you gonna let me just live in suspense, or you're gonna save it for later? You gonna you just gonna throw down now, or you gonna make me sit in my my uh, my very comfortable cage? I will let you sit in there for a while. I'm gonna sit here. So. Stew in your own juices. My as mom they said, say. sometimes she feels like she has dropped a load in her pants tonight. She sometimes says she has dropped a. She feels as if she has dropped a load in her pants tonight. She doesn't sometimes say that. She said that she sometimes feels like she dropped a load in her pants, and she dropped that nugget tonight. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean, does she mean metaphorically or, or literally physically? Well, literally physically. Like this is a feeling. Well, I can explain it further, but I'll wait till you, uh, <laughs> you know, unwrap the mystery wrapped right. in enigma that is Don Johnson. It's like so. unraveling the, uh, the gauze around the toe slowly. Yeah, I mean, what would what would Tubbs do? You know, he wouldn't just dive right in. He'd play it all coy like he always did. He's always the cool one. You probably don't know what that means because you never watched the show. I've I watched never it really because w- watched Miami Vice. That is true. Phil Collins' song in the beginning, flamingos and girls behinds and bikinis. You didn't watch the beginning of that show. I would watch the beginning of the show, the opening credits, Girls Behinds in tight bikinis, Phil Collins, not Phil Collins, sorry, Jan Hammer, but they're like okay. thick as thieves, those two. And the same way I would watch the opening credit sequence of Dallas, because they would show Cowboys Stadium. Two shots of it. I'd be like, yeah, and then I'd turn it off. Because Miami Vice got very boring to me after the opening credit sequence. Because then it was a cop show instead of like girls in bikinis. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm familiar with the opening in Miami Vice, so there must be some of that going on. Well, yeah. As soon why as would you, you said watch Jan that? Hammer, Jan Hammer. So you know, I was like, okay, I know that now. It, that somehow brought it back because I was like, I don't know what the theme song of Miami Vice is, but no, I totally know it now. Yeah, I guarantee you that Phil Collins and Jan Hammer are hanging out right now listening to gutter balls so 
It's two, man. I don't trust them together. Separately. Whatever. Together? It's a little weird. Jan Hammer. Jan. Jan Hammer. Now, I, I've known some other Jans who haven't been Jans. Did you know that? Jans that haven't been Jans? Correct. Enlighten me, please. Who are these Jans? Well, it's probably the best cameraman that I've ever worked with. And he's been doing this, you know, operating cameras for 40 years, 35 years, 40, I don't know, a long time. That's a rough life, becoming, you know, middle age and past and having to hold a camera on your shoulder all day long. This guy's great, but he was a yawn that wasn't a yawn. He was a Jan. Mm. I see this. J-A-N. He's Jan. That's his name. Jan. I was furiously Googling Jan pronunciation male. But, yeah, he was a, he was a Jan. Definitely a Jan. But Jan Hammer was a Jan Hammer. So I guess it's the uh, Eastern European influence. I probably wouldn't have tried to pull some sort of, like, name fiasco, you know, acting bit on him if I was waiting in line for his autograph. I feel like he would have seen through that nonsense. What was your Eastern European name again? Vlad. Vlad. See, we shouldn't have given it away. That could have been a good question. Ah. Why'd you do that? You really... So so how many t-shirts do you have again? I I have two t-shirts. But I however, gave... now you only have one. Well, why is that? Because we actually had someone write why? in with the quiz. Why? why is that, Broad? We had somebody write in? Yeah, we did. We have a winner for the first t-shirt. Holy shit. They got all the questions right? Um... Well, we stipulated that the right answers were not necessary. You just had to write in. <laughs> did we stipulate that? I think we did. We did. And so there you go. Well, there you go. We have who who's this lucky person? This lucky person goes by the name of Ben. Oh. Well, holy sh- and I didn't even get to take a picture of it. Was this? I was looking forward to like taking a picture of it and enticing people. We didn't need to. We have, we have an entry. Right. Well, we still have T-shirt number two, correct? Yes, we do. So we we're just this t-shirts. just goes to show we're not playing around here. No. Ben, I believe this is Ben of the USA. I believe it's Ben of the USA. Has uh, he's he, won a T-shirt? He wrote in. He won a T-shirt. He gets the Lebowski T-shirt. It's kind of like the effort that goes into this podcast. It takes very little to win a t-shirt around these here parts. Some would say, you know, the the least amount of effort on the eastern seaboard of the United States, which would put it high in the running for least amount of effort worldwide to win t-shirts. So there you go. One more on deck. Who shall win the next t-shirt? Who shall it be? I'm dying to find out. Me too. Ben of the USA, congratulations. 
I will uh, wrap this up in some gauze, order a little fake blood from Amazon and drizzle it on there, and you'll have yourself a t-shirt. Fantastic. I'm so thrilled that we got a response. I kind of thought we were going to just go through the whole contest and just not have anything. So there you go. Yes, yeah, a contest winner. So we have the document open. I see you're, you have it with an exclamation mark. Is the exclamation I, point or mark, do you think? Hmm. Good question. I'm going to call it an excla- exclamation point. That's what I always called it, but I've been getting fancier in my old age, and I started calling it an exclamation mark. But I think I'm just... I'm actually an excla- like... An excla- why am I so hard to say right now? An exclamation mark? An exclamation mark. And a question point? <laughs> and a question point. Well, what is a quotation mark or quotes? Quotation point. Quotation points. There's two <laughs> of them quon- on either quon- side. How do you spell that? Quon- Here, I'm going to write that. Quotation. Quotation. <laughs> Quon. I'm going to spell it like, um, yeah, that's good. Quotation points. Good. All right, we've got that one down. I have uh, so many things that mean nothing. I actually have to text one of them to you. I'm going to root around in my pocket. I have to text something to you right now. It's on my phone. Okay. Stand by. Stand by. It is riveting, riveting internet radio. <laughs> riveting radio. Here it comes. When you, when you pulled your phone out of your pocket, did a joint... Spursly fall out, you quickly shove back in. Did you see like that? Like the dude did. Um, I noticed you wrote it in the dock and then I saw it. I did not notice it beforehand because I'm just a loser. <laughs> I don't have the attention to detail that you do, without a doubt. But it's brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? It is brilliant. A careless joint and some coins to paste for his coffee. You know, like how many coins spilled out? Like a quarter, a dime, a nickel, and maybe a couple pennies. Does a coffee cost 42 cents in 1991? Maybe. I think it cost like 5 cents in 1955, according to Back to the Future, which earns high praise, but how much does a coffee cost in 1991? It's probably like an inflation chart. Did you ever get those for your birthday where, you know, you get that sheet of paper and it's like, oh, here's the year you were born and here's the present day. This is what a okay. loaf of bread cost in the year you were born. This is what it costs now. Can of Coke, yeah. a new car, blah, blah, blah. I've seen those. Yeah, I used to get those. At first, I thought you were going to say, did you ever get an inflation chart for your birthday? You open, <laughs> like, up your, you open up your birthday card, and there's a 20 from grandma. But you learned that was actually $100 in 1952. Oh, I thought and you were going to say, like. 10 years from now, it'll only be worth five. So like, spend it quick. Like, here's a bill. All the shit I've been sending you over the years. You actually owe me money. And we're going to adjust it for inflation. (laughs) Right. So I see this picture you sent. At first I was going to say that's you now, but I guess not, because you were just rifling through a pocket for a phone. Well, it's... I I wish it was me now. But no, it was uh, a little while ago. 
You're, um, you're doing like some, uh, some research. Well, I was doing some research. I wanted to see how this went down. You know who else did some research? I'm going to send you another thing here. You're going to like it. Oh. I guarantee it. Boom. More uh, riveting radio. Oh, yes. No, I love that. So what you've right? sent me here is the George Bush. W. The George W. Bush photograph or painting of his feet in the tub. Now, check out, and my wife, her name's Leslie, had to point this out to me. But look at his right foot here. And now I imagine him painting this with like a little board that goes across the tub with a little palette there and a little um, canvas with his brushes, like painting it as he's sitting there. But look at the angle of his right foot. It's the same angle as the dude's foot at 5436. I have to think that W is a big fan of this movie. Now, he doesn't have any candles. And the water's not. Right, and he doesn't have the crappy, you know, overflow drain thing that's So where does the out. water to this tub come from? I just realized that's... Well, sometimes, Brad, things get reversed. So sometimes the deep end of your tub is not the drain end. So when we moved into our house... The spigot uh, end yes. was on the shallow end of the tub. So I think that we can actually fast forward through this minute and see if that's true. I have never considered a tub having a shallow or a deep end. Well, then I, I changed admit. it. Well, what do you mean? It has to drain out through the drain. I mean... By his, well, I think I figured out my own answer, but by his head, there is no faucet, spigot, if you will. Yeah, that's true. And by his feet, there is none. Correct. So I guess maybe it's against the wall. Mm, in the middle, maybe. But it's weird for that to be in the middle. Well, I guess not. I mean, the drain could be anywhere, right? That's in the middle, and the drain is... Well, the drain just has to be on the shallow end, but the spigot could be anywhere. Doesn't matter where you put the water in. Yeah. Right. And the no, drain would point. be there because that little escape drain is down there. Right. They have to and be on the same side. And that ties right into the... Which you can see he's got pretty cocky with his water levels. So it's basically just draining into the overflow drain. Right. Well, you want to make sure it's as, is the water's as high as it can go, right? Well, Just yeah. go right about a third to a halfway above that overthrow drain, and you're good. But there's no point in going an inch over it. We can't go over it. That would just be insane. All right, I do see, going forward a little bit, the water does come in from the side. It's hard to tell exactly. I feel like it might be coming in from, like, the corner. All right, so this just in. I don't... I don't I'm sorry. Keep, keep the... I just got... It's a breaking news event here, Brad. I just got handed a note yes. from, from one of our assistants here at gutterballs.tv. And it says that the titular Lebowski is 
G.H.W. Bush, and the dude is G.W. Bush. And maybe this is proof of that? Is this what I'm taking from this note? Um, forgive me, it's a breaking news event, so I don't have all the information, but... So H.W. is lambasting him over the TV, but here he is in the tub. We got pictures in the tub, a W. I would say... Well, well, if that is the case, there's even more prescience here. Because not only was this written on... But not only did the check before it was 9-11-2001, but this painting of Bush in the tub, he did not paint that until after he left the White House. Right. But he could very well have seen this scene. Before well, he that ever would took mean office. that the dude is George Bush, not George Bush is the dude. Or maybe that's what you're trying to imply. Yeah, it makes no sense, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> that. Bad? Not good? I don't know. Well, I mean, the whole movie was made before George W. Bush came into public limelight, really. Well, it's a two-way street. Like, who cares which came first, chicken or the egg? Right. Well, the point is they're locked into some type of cosmic connection, a cosmic ballet of their souls. They both like baths. One is a fictional character. The other is not. But now I'm forced to wonder which one is real and which one is truly the fictional character. They're both browbeaten by father figures. Some of them actual father figures. Some of them just theoretical, metaphorical father figures. They're both uh, hardcore druggies. So, I don't know. The evidence is piling up. Because he's not a hero. You could... If H.W. went into there and took down a dictator, W. didn't do so much, right? No, H.W. did not take down the dictator. No. W. did. He had to finish the job. Had to finish the job. Or so they say. He had to finish mm -hmm. the job and destabilize an entire region. Right. Well, that was important. You know, you can't leave a thing half done, whether it's worth doing or not. But what did the... So how does that... Mm, how does that comport? Well, the dude finished this job of the whole kidnapping business, I guess. Sort of. The, the job a, that uh, the titular, titular Lebowski merely started. Right, he merely started it. The dude had to come in and finish it off. But he legitimately did. Like, if he just would have played by the rules, it wouldn't have gotten done. He had to kind of break out of it a little bit. So does that mean Walter is Donald Rumsfeld? <laughs> no, he's Dick Cheney. No, he's Rumsfeld. You're right. Donnie Damn. is Dick Cheney. Or is he Petraeus? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Walter's Petraeus. And Donnie is... Hmm... Condoleezza Rice. I don't think so. I think it's all broken down now. Let's move on. I thought you'd really appreciate that. 
painting, which you've already seen clearly. Of Yes, but oh yeah, no, it's great. I'm a really big fan of George W. Bush's paintings. And you're correct, I hadn't really considered the uh, connection here to this, his, uh, George W. Bush's painting of his feet in the tub. I mean... Kind of the first person perspective of his feet in the tub, and it is, uh, very much like the, uh, the shot in this minute of the dude's feet in the tub. All right, think about this for a second. I just texted you a picture of my feet in the tub. And we can post this. I'm okay with that. I got some hairy feet. And, you know, that's something I have to live with every day. But I was trying to make this look like the Big Lebowski. Like the dude in the tub with the feet hanging out. But if you were to examine, I have them all in front of me right now. Paused on the still frame from the movie with the dude's toes hanging out of there. Because they just got done with the toe scene. I want to point that out. I got all my toes. He's probably contemplating that. Like, I like my toes. I'm glad they're there. And we see the toes. It's reinforcing that idea. And then I have W's painting of his toes coming up out of the water. And then I have my picture of my toes. And I gotta say, if you're gonna choose two that look the same, or the most, not the same, but the most similar, it's gotta be W's and the dude's. Mine are the outlier. There's no bubbles. My feet are sticking way up too far. They're relatively parallel. Right. But you're correct that the dude's uh, right foot is kind of turned inward a little bit more. Yeah, they're both turned inward a little bit. But but the right right one is turned in more, and that is similar to the bush bath. Yes. And mine are sticking way up out of there. Or it just means that uh, Jeff Bridges, or whoever his toe double was for this scene, has the same... Maybe that's just a, you know, there's a genetic, like, so, some, so many people have this weird toe or foot that, like, turns inward slightly more on the right. Well, it's called being a little crow foot. Of course, maybe that's a Pennsylvania thing. But yeah, crow foot, when your feet turn in... A guy I played basketball with in high school had crow feet. They they turned in. He's a good basketball player, though. Do they turn in asymmetrically? I mean, I never asked. I never really examined them or measured with, like, a protractor or anything. But, yeah, I don't know. They just, they both turn in. Some people's feet just naturally turn out, you know, and they walk... And it's like, I don't know what that's called, penguin foot or something. And then some people's turn in, it's crow foot. And that's, I guess some people are just straight ahead, parallel. I was always more of an out guy. And sometimes a parallel guy than a crow foot guy. This is going to be one of those things where, you know, growing up in rural Pennsylvania, it turns out that... Um, I'm just a bad person. I hope not, because I don't mean it like that. But that was just, uh, it comes from upbringing. It comes from upbringing, so I can't, you know, the in-foot, the out-foot, the parallel feet, who knows, are these bad words? Should I not say the words crow-foot and penguin-foot and parallel-foot? Is that insulting to somebody somewhere, do you think? 
Probably yes. Okay. Okay. Well, fuck it, dude. Let's do a podcast then. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm, it's just what I grew up. You never heard that term? Crow's feet is like a thing you get like wrinkles. Right, underneath the eyes. That's crow's feet. But crow foot. Crow foot. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, I don't know that term. Yeah, I'm Googling it. I don't see it anywhere. Mm. Sometimes Maybe I Maybe it was only in up. your high school. Maybe it's very localized. Look at 5424 for me real quick. And I'm going to say one word to you. Tell me when you're there. I'll wait. I'm patient, man. What was that again? 5424. I want you to go to that. 5424, yes. This is uh, Big Lebowski. Yes, this the is Big Lebowski, 5424. We, we haven't played the minute audio. Should we get into that? Just after this. All right. Because this isn't our Blade Runner podcast where we never play the minute audio. So don't get them confused. You there? I'm here. All right, we'll play the minute audio now. We'll make them wait for it. We'll come back to it. Ready? All right, do it. Roll it. Calm down. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Lady, I got buddies who died face down in the muck so that you and I can enjoy this family restaurant. All right, I'm out of here. Hey, dude, don't go away, man. Come on, this affects all of us, man. Our basic freedoms. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. So I'm going to say one word to you. Ready? I'm ready. You're at 5424? Yep. Newman. I see what you mean. Do you? I think I do. But he's too thin because this is at the end of the Seinfeld run in 1998. Yes. And I don't think it's him. No, it's definitely not really him. But, he, but look he, at him. He invokes that, car- that, that, that fellow. He's a Newman invoker. Yeah, but you're right. He's too skinny. I mean, he has the hairstyle, and he something about the way he's in a suit. Even though I don't know that Newman or Wayne Knight ever really wore. But maybe he's waiting for some very important business deal. But the suit's probably too nice and too hip for what he would wear. You're right. But I think it's the countenance mostly. He's got a very Newman-esque countenance, furrowed brow kind of stern this is in his angry phase not his smirky phase the suit is very 80s so maybe it does fit for him then he would have an 80s suit of course this is 1991 so maybe it's even like an early 90s suit but like yeah it definitely seems like something uh because you had the thin knots in 1991 right like a really tiny knot, and then it would get wider? Yeah, I think so. 
And then as the 90s progressed, wouldn't you just have the skinny tie? Because in the 80s, it was like big knot, big tie. Early, the 90s hit, it's like, we don't need these big, big-ass knots, these double Windsors. We're going to make the top of the tie thinner, and we're going to do single or half Windsors. Tiny little knot, thick tie, and then they're like, what the hell? The whole thing can be skinny. And then everything was skinny. That lasted a while, that entire skinny tie aesthetic, didn't it? Was that like an eight-year-long deal where you could get away with wearing a skinny tie? The Strokes were wearing skinny ties. <sighs> but you're not up on your early to late 90s men's fashion? Can't say that I that I am. I mean, skinny tie is definitely. I would say is definitely like like the true skinny tie is a very like it's like early eighties type thing, seventies. Hmm. I beg to differ by this link. All right, we get to. Uh, skinny and this ties. isn't even. The, Look at that. It's not even the strokes. Skinny ties are back in style. It's post-strokes. Among the hip people. Yeah. Yeah, that's some skinny ties. Some skinny ties. There's a lot of hip musicians and artists and just uh, hipsters with these skinny ties. So maybe it's come back around? Is that what you're you're implying? Could be. There's a picture of Zach Galifianakis here, but his tie is not skinny. Well, he wouldn't wear skinny ties. That would be his way, though. That would definitely be his way. I'm finishing my coffee, Brad. That is top 12 for me. Finishing my coffee. Anytime, like, somebody's trying to get me to... my coffee. You know, get trying to get me to do something that I don't necessarily want to do. I want to do this other thing. I'm finishing my coffee. And I love the way... <laughs> So he's just had this outburst, right? He's yelling at the dude. He's pounding the table. Forget about the fucking toe. The waitress comes over, asks him to keep his voice down. (laughs) Oh, excuse me, dear. Dude gets pissed off, drops a careless joint. It's like a Wham song, an alternate version of the Wham song. And dude storms off. Walter's there. Gets a little reprimanded again, but then he's like, I am going to sit here and bask in my own and everybody else's uncomfortableness. Everybody's looking at him. Everybody's pissed. And he pounds the table again. Finishing my coffee. Enjoy my coffee. But he like, he slams the table so that the, the utensils rattle around. The salt shakers, the sugar shaker, the coffee mugs. Just just to really hammer it home. Like, I'm not leaving. Blammo. That, to me, is one of top five Walter moments, I think. Is the secondary counter hit. Like, once everything's calmed down, and he's proving to the entire diner, like, that's just how I am. Blam. Deal with it. I love it. And you have to wonder, like, how detailed the Coens got with, you know, direction to that level. 
Or did he just... Because he's delivering the lines. We know for a fact they didn't ad-lib any lines except for one, which we'll get to later in the movie. But I think he's ad-libbing all of this, like, counter-pounding. Which is beautiful. What do you got? Blast something at me. Anything? I'm losing my voice. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Should I call somebody? I really need to get the cough pedal on this mic. Do I need to get somebody on the horn? No, I'm alright. Because I hear a sound like wind blowing through trees. Like that open air sound you get. It's probably Douglas firs. The wind whistling through the pines. Throat noises, Brad. I, I hears them. I hears your throat. You know what's happening up here or down here or wherever we are is uh, lots of pollen right now. So I've been having like nose and throat issues, which I grew up, Bradley, broadly, incapacitated by allergies, pollen, ragweed. Spring would roll around. Buds would come on the trees, the ragweed would come out, and I would be laid up. Like, I'd have to go to school, obviously, which was torture. And I'd come home, and I would just lay on the couch, unable to see, barely able to breathe, nose running, coughing, itching the roof of my mouth. Every year, for my entire life, And this is weird. And we tried all sorts of different remedies. Like, I remember the one, the one summer it was like, oh, we finally found a cure for, you know, poor sick little Adam's disease, allergy disease that he has that makes everybody's life miserable every spring. Because it's every year, you know, like clockwork. Now, oh, now we got a eight-year-old kid, Nine-year-old kid, 10-year-old kid, 11-year-old kid, 12 year laying on the couch, making everybody's life miserable, coughing, blowing his nose, rubbing his eyes, rubbing the roof of his mouth, just totally miserable. You know what it's like when you have a miserable human being in your home? It's terrible. It makes everybody else's life miserable. The one summer, it was like, we're going to have a guaranteed cure. And it wasn't death therapy. It was local, locally sourced honey. The idea being that the bees go around and they grab pollen from all the different plants, and then they make the honey out of it, and so I ate a spoonful of honey every day. Guess what? That worked? Didn't work for shit. Alright. I was fucking miserable. Nothing worked. I spent my whole life miserable. And then when I was, what, 25... We were moving to Florida, but the spring before we moved, this is eight months before, my allergies went away. Nothing. Miserable. Yeah, that Every, happen. But then, nothing. I don't think I've had any allergies growing up. I think it's only in the last several years. Well, and that's why I mentioned this. I've started to feel some allergies. So I've been, like, immune to allergies. Now, this year's pretty intense, so I have a little bit of a runny nose, I guess, that I kind of notice, and a little tickle in my throat. Nothing. But the rest of my family has been, like, out of commission. And this has been happening for the last, like, many years. 
they've all been getting worse, and I've just been getting progressively better. You're Fantastic. the opposite, man. I gotta admit, it's it pretty out. great. It's pretty great. I put my time in, man. I put my fucking time in. I don't know where I'm going with that. Nowhere. Doesn't matter. I want you to go to... I have a visual note here at 5428. 5428. Yeah. All right. You gotta pause it right there, right when it turns, 28. We got the um, the waitress, the head uh, head waitress mistress. Yes. The matress. And then two older female customers at the counter, the diner. Yes. They've, they've, they're all. <laughs> Look at them, Brad. Yep. Covering their mouths as if Walter's anger and hate is going to spew into the air and enter their mouths. They're all covering all right. their mouths. We have all three women, and the two at the counter are just like, there's a very strong repetition there. Yes. Um, and then the one on the other side of the counter, the waitress, is facing the opposite way, a mirror image of the other two with her hand up near right. her mouth. It's a bit more of a wipe than a cover, but still. But well, that's some beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, framing there. Were they told to all cover their mouths? I, I'm going to guess yes. I have to think yes, because when you look at it... Like, these aren't just, like, extras in the background. Like, they just actually put this shot together. Right, right. right. So it's like, okay, they had to be directed. Like, what are you going to do? Well, not only that, they had to... What are you going to do? But they had to, you know, turn the camera around, set up a whole different setup, set up all the lights... To light all this shit, set the uh, scene up with all the sugar things, and uh, what do we see? It two shots. What's the total time we see the shot on screen in this movie? Four and a half seconds tops. So I think it, they had to light the entire other half of this restaurant for th- these couple of seconds. It's incredible, man. And set it all up. Dress it all up. I mean, I'm sure they have some of this stuff here, since this diner is now used exclusively as a film location, but I don't think it's set up with all of this stuff. You know, they had to get cups with ice water in them and place settings and ketchup bottles and on taba- a little Tabasco bottle there on down the way. That's a lot of work for four seconds of screen time that doesn't involve an explosion. It's one thing if things are exploding, but this is just three women covering their mouths aghast at Walter's behavior. It's, it's, uh, it's what it takes, though. It's depressing. I mean, they already had it set up on some level for when the waitress had to deliver her dialogue. Yes. But not to this extent. You know, they could have... They're framing out a lot of this stuff in that shot, and it's out of focus. You know, they could have got away with some stuff. So, like, on the, uh, in the background, there's, like, food up at the shelf there. There's people moving around in the kitchen, you know? 
Is that food real or is that special movie food that's like made out of plastic? I'm going to say that's real food. It's not going to be eaten. I'm going to say that's piles of pancakes and scrambled eggs that a PA made or somebody made and just put up there. Doesn't have well, to look it looks appetizing. To me like a, oh, wait. Oh, what? wait. What? I it's think under I heat lamps. A continuity error, though. Uh oh. What do you got? Well, I got a. Uh, it's hard now. I guess someone. It's not really an error. You could say someone just put that up, but there's different. It looks different. What like in the, the in the, the scene food? where they're all covering their mouths. Yeah. There is a. Um, it looks like there's a big plate of French fries, and then there's a burger. I can't imagine that they would... Ch- oh, I do see the burger, though. That's interesting. But you also see kind of like someone's hand moving. Oh, so maybe you just put it there? It's like someone just put it there, but you didn't really see it. Well, I have a question for you. If there are literally six people in this diner, why are there four plates of food waiting there to be delivered? Well, a lot of those people don't have food. Look at them. Right. Give them their food. Why is it sitting there? Well, they're worried about the uh, the crazy guy, I guess. Hey, check this out. So, as we watch these three women with their, you know, fingers over their mouths, look screen left, see the heat lamps? Yes. Cover, just above and to the right of the heat lamps, what do you see? Um, Above and to the right of the heat lamps, I see... I see a clock with the Pepsi logo. Time is it? Aha. Jeez. Check it out straight down the counter. 12. 18? 12, 18? Roughly. Look straight down the counter. Same time. 12, 18. They match. Now you don't... You... I guess those clocks, maybe. I, this is what it would be a great exercise to look up Reservoir Dogs since they shot it in this location and it probably hasn't been changed that much and see if we can see one of those clocks in the background. And since it's a filming location, they just set them all to 1218. This, is, this location has been used all over the place. Do they ever bother changing the times on those clocks to match? Or do they just leave them at 1218? Is this a diner that's lost in time? Well, if you didn't, at the very least, perhaps the clocks don't run. Right, they don't run. They're just always on 1218. But, you know, if you shoot 50 movies here and it's always 1218 in this diner, that starts to say something. Well, I'm thinking it might be, they might, you know, an an astute... PA or director, right, would be changing those to match when the movie takes place. If they're in there eating breakfast... Probably be the production designer, I would guess. Yeah, like in Reservoir Dogs, right? Let's set it to an earlier time. Yeah. You would think that's something they would have on their little checklist. So, does 1218... Does that match with what we're seeing now? So... Let it just re bear with me. Rewind yeah. a little bit. We were in Maud's apartment. Yes. Rewind even further. The cops are there. It's nighttime. He gets the call. Yes. From Maud saying, 
I'm the one that took your rug. Yes. rug. We can put that one to bed. Oh, case solved. He wakes up in the morning, right? Then, mor- morning for him, probably being 10, 11, goes to Maud's place, right? Do you think so? Has no, the little it's still thing. nighttime at Maud's place. How do you know that? Aren't there windows? I feel we, we already had this discussion in the past, and we determined but he, that... But he gets in the limo, and it's daytime. He's on his way back On his from way Mons. back. Well, it's like early morning the next day. Yeah, see, I think her windows are blacked out so that she can have, you know, controlled lighting circumstances to do her painting. She doesn't want to have to be fighting the sun. All right, I'm going to go back to see. Well, I, mean, I know... It goes against my, the mental model of the film I have created. That doesn't mean it's not correct. It doesn't mean it's not correct. I'm just saying I felt like your mental models of this. Well, film I felt like it wasn't just my mental model. I felt like it was disastrously our model. untrustworthy in the past. I mean, her windows. Okay, so the window back there is kind of like some uh, translucent, where right. she's where she's on the. I think that she wants her loft to look like it's perpetually Well, except sunset. it doesn't the next time we see it. Does it not? Now, when you can see, like, in the shots where she's at the TV and she's going for the videotape, like, you can see out the window. Well, then that's an error. The cops aren't going to come to the dude's house at, like, 4 a.m. So this is September. So what time does it get dark in September? Who cares? The cops aren't going to come to his house and, you know, take down the notes for this car theft, some loser's car theft, at, like, the middle of the night. It doesn't have to be the middle of the night. It could just be late evening. It could be 10, time. 10, 10 p.m., 8 p.m. So it takes him, what, 10 hours to go to mods and get a limo back, and then it's bright daylight out come on man well let's say it's 10 p.m and sun comes up let's say six so that is like eight hours so maybe it maybe it takes 50 minutes to drive from his place to mods maybe he has to wait an hour for the limo to show up to pick him up right he clearly doesn't drive to mods because he takes a limo back right well she says in the thing i'll send the car for you it's a little fuzzy. So Let's just put it that even way. though it may fuzzy. not make s- complete sense, I would say because I mean it was already dark when they made the drop, and he picked up Walter to go do that. So I think Walter, yes, you might have to just say the cops showed up very well, late. Well, here you can't you can't go back that far though. Because by the time the dude walks home and the phone is still ringing, we, that might be a different day. I don't know if you can connect those two. There's some kind of like passage of time there that happens, like clear delineation of a new scene. You mean when he says, thank you, Donnie? All right, thank you, Donnie. And then cut to him in the apartment with the phone so you're, ringing. You're it could be the next that, day is what you're saying. Right, but you're assuming that's like contiguous. I'm just uh, assuming it. For no real reason, I guess. 
I never made that assumption. I didn't necessarily assume otherwise, but I never made that assumption. It seemed to me for some reason that time had passed, and I'm not sure why. Like he'd been listening to the phone forever. Well, without a doubt, for quite a while, right? I don't think it's been... I don't know. I feel like there's no point in this movie where it's like, because then it's dark. So if it was the next day, there'd be like a whole day missing. It was an evening time when he said, where he said, thank you, Donnie. Donnie, It's like, it's like 24 hours later now. And the cop is talking to the cops. That just seems. Well, he's been listening to the phone ring all day long. He's been consoling himself with white Russians. You know, he had to, it's the middle of the night when he leaves the bowling alley, he's going to call the cops they're not going to come right then. They'll be like, okay, sir, I will relay your message to the officer on duty tomorrow morning when he arrives for his shift, blah, blah, blah. They don't get around to it until, like, it's the last thing they do all day because they're like, really? We got to go do this? They show up at the end of the day. So I think a day has passed there. Well, in the dude's apartment, it's nighttime. Definitely. Then he saying. goes to mods. It's still nighttime. Then well, he's driving I, back. I, I don't know if we're totally sure about that. I'm sure of it. And then Ma's house is nighttime. He's driving back, and it's daytime. Not only is it daytime, but it even seems kind of like dawn a little bit, at least in the shot of the dude. But I guess that could just be the tinted window or whatever. Or maybe they did that to give it that weird feeling. Hmm. I like to think this is all just... I mean, you can just keep following this... This thread. Yeah, I mean, the only for sure thing we have, we know that it's a weekday when he visits the titular Lebowski, and we know it's September 11th, 1991, when he writes the check for the half and half. Other than that, do we have any other clear cut, like, this is what day it is, or this is what date it is? I don't know. I mean, we'll have to, not that I know of, but we'll just have to keep keep our eyes out for that. But either way. No, we do, because it's Shabbos, for God's sakes. Aha. When they drive to bunnies. So we might be able to draw some sort of, like, thread through this movie and see if it adds up. We can at least determine what the minimum or maximum number of days are. Correct. That's correct. We could, right, we could determine at least a minimum. I don't know if we could determine a maximum. But I'm still going to stick with it is. It's all one long day for him. Do you determine... Or, now, are you suggesting that the entire movie is one long no, no, day no, for him? No, no, no. Okay. Just this okay. whole... Okay. I'm not even sure. I have to go back to see where it starts. But Right, going back to where, I wonder. But he makes the drop... Well, even before that, he picks Walter up. It's dark. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets he, he's the on stuff the phone. From, he, he gets goes, the stuff he gets from Brandt. Stuff from Brandt. Picks up Walter, makes the drop. They go bowling. The car is stolen. He talks to the cops. He goes to Maud's house. Then he's driven back home, and the sun has come up. It has been an all-nighter. And then, apparently... It's two all-nighters, then, because he's there in his apartment doing his yoga on the carpet when he's getting those calls, right? I mean, you're going almost all the way back to where Walter points the gun in Smokey's face at that point. I'd have to do some more. Because, you know, it's like, this is, what's his nuts? 
down at the league office. We've got a serious blah, 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 rule number, whatever. And then Brant gets on the phone. We'd very much like to talk to you. It's Brant. Yeah, he says it's Brant. It's not about the rug. Um, well, the I'm not going back to the rug. I'm just going back to... Well, when he does that, that's where he says, I want to talk to you. The phone rings. This is the guy at the league office. That's when he goes to see the 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 titular Lebowski, Lebowski, and he learns there's a ransom. Then you cut to the Jesus scene. Oh, see, that that can span any amount of time. That can span some amount of time. Right. Then, after the Jesus scene, the dude is laying on his rug. That's where you gotta pick it up. That's where it starts. He's laying on his rug... Gets punched out by Mod's goons. Then he wakes up. I can it hear is, you tapping your trackpad. You're yeah. cheating. Well, I'm going through the movie, yeah. Then You're he, actually being better than me. So Then he wakes up. It's still daylight out. He goes to see Brant, who gives him the phone and everything. Says, life is in your hands. Next shot, it is now evening time. And he's picking up Walter. And that is his night that goes all the way. Until he sees Maud, and then his son has come up by the time he's driving back to his apartment. Since it was an all-nighter, maybe it's around, I don't know, let's say 6 a.m. He then he takes a bath. Okay. Goes, meets the- Walter. It's 12.18, apparently. Now, that- what is strange, maybe not strange, but worthy of note is... He took a bath before he saw Walter because there's his hair. It's wet and all. He seems, well, newly bathed. The scene after this, he's back in the bathtub again. Have you ever been in a situation where one shower just didn't seem like Well, that's like what enough? I was going to say. I'm, I'm not saying that it is some sort of error, but I'm saying it is the dude is definitely bathing. Extra bathing. Let me bathing ask you a hair. question, Brad. May I? Yes. Have you ever been covered in human shit? Covered. Covered, like head to toe covered? Yes. No. How many showers do you think it would take to feel well again? One or more than one? It's certainly takes a while but you haven't been covered in human shit so i haven't been covered i've i've had i'm going to say i've had more dealings with human shit than Than most average than the average person yes so not covered but splattered in areas perhaps perhaps yes did one shower feel sufficient? I mean, at first, no, but eventually you just learn to accept it and move on. So if you're and you learn the truth of shit. the universe is that just like everything had <laughs> shit touching it at one time. It's just that just like last time we're talking about breathing in the inside of people's bodies. Like that just doesn't bother me anymore. So everything was shit at one like time. That. My hands everything. are in the pile of dung. I have just put them in there, wiggled them around, and have accepted that is that's that's being alive on planet Earth. 
Some call it food. Some call it shit. Some call it glacier water. Some call it nitrogen. Some call it carrots. And some call it lead-based paint, but it's all the same shit, right? Yes. Okay. I've been covered head to toe in human shit, and one shower was not good enough. It was six showers. So if I was handling a severed human toe, and I got blood on myself, it wouldn't just be washing my hands. He's not I doing would... this to wash, though. He's just chilling out. This is his relaxation time, I think. I think the second time is, but who knows how many showers and baths he took in between the first oh, yeah, one. definitely true. He probably spent, and that's what I'm kind of getting at, is he spent all day washing himself and drinking white Russians. And the only, moving on from that, the only little hiccup I have with your timeline, and I don't have proof with this, is just that the cops wouldn't be there so late, because they're at his apartment at night. I'll admit that seems strange. Because they're beat, they're not even detectives. I had a big problem with this, with uh, the series finale of Gossip Girl. So I'm not going to try not to do any spoilers here, but I finally got to see the series finale of Gossip Girl. Whew. I know who Gossip Girl is. But there's these investigations going on, and it's always like cops in those navy blue uniforms. But wouldn't they be detectives? Or maybe that's just more like, okay, this doesn't matter. We're not sending detectives. You're going to be out there anyway on patrol. Stop by, appease this citizen, move on. Which maybe explains why the uh, the more concerned cop is like taking such an interest in it. He's like, ooh, we get to do something real for once instead of just like roll around and like direct traffic and shine spotlights on people jaywalking. Well, you don't think like in L.A., the LAPD... You know, they just don't have people constantly going out to investigate crimes. But that's what... Grand Theft Auto. Investigators are, right? Detectives. We're going to have to get... Well, this is like the whole they got them working on shifts type thing. Like That's why he's laughing at that so much, you know? Especially he doesn't do that. He's a uniform. He doesn't wear a suit. They'd have suits investigating. But at least they have someone going out there to like take your your statement or something. You don't think think they'd have have that happening? I don't know. I'm not gonna say definitely yes or no. Unless it's an emergency. I think that's an emergency situation. If this is like a long time later and it's like, hey, I need to report grand theft. Like, I think detectives come to you. Well, that's partly why it, maybe it is so late, because maybe they do have this going around the clock, but he calls says, I, someone lost, you know, my car has been stolen. And they say, okay, we'll send a detective out. And then it's like six hours later, these two detectives finally show up to ask a couple questions. See, I dug my and own like grave big, there. I, big effing I gave that to you. I gave that to you. I made that happen for you. I don't know why I did that to myself. I'm looking for the well, truth, I guess. I don't think we need to be in... Yeah, exactly. We're just both looking for the truth. We're not in a... We're not in a battle not a here. It's, it's not, not a competition, Adam. It's not a competition. Come on, Brad. It's not a competition. And I'm We're the one who's winning together. saying that. <laughs> so yeah, that's why you know it's really not a competition. You know, I win more than you for admitting that you're winning. Because I'm humbler. Way, way humbler than you. 
so I win. So we have the dude listening to whale songs. Oh, geez, we got to get into that. Perhaps he's, uh, he is now consumed, perhaps that very same errant joint that fell on the counter in the diner. I would say that's a good, good bet on that. I mean, there's just probably joints everywhere, but. Well, I don't know. Is he that well off? He hasn't gotten paid for any of this work yet. So, I mean, I know he's always in weed. But that's not to say, like, he's just got 50 joints laying around. But it's not just, it's not just any whale song. It is, I need to get the exact verbiage. I don't want to screw this up. Let me get to it. It is Song of the Whale. One song of one whale. Song of the Whale. And then the subtitle is, or maybe that's the artist. I'm not sure. I'll say it's the subtitle. Subtitle. Ultimate Relaxation. And he's playing it over this uh, <laughs> this tape recorder that we've all had in our lives. Except he's got a rubber case over it yeah. so that he can carry it around with him as some sort of, like, ghetto, ghetto blaster. Well, it has, like, a strap. Right. But then it also has that handle out. that pulls out. And then the case has the, like, little cutouts for the power button and a little carved-out area for the play and the fast-forward, the rewind, the pause, the mm -hmm. record button. So this is a recording unit, I see. It has the and holes where the speaker holes, is. See, the sound can come out. But when you listen to this movie, especially with headphones, it's a very enveloping sound that this tinny little mechanical device creates. It's very enveloping. Well, I'll argue that we are hearing this... From the dude's perspective. From the dude's I know. high perspective. Because later in the next minute, there's going to be another strange sound effect. I'm not going there. We're not going to go there, but... So I say, perhaps in the dude's experience, right? To him, this little dinky tape player does create this awesome surround envelop experience. Which must be very enveloping because if you look at the candles on the little table next to his tub, they've been obviously burning for quite some time. Well, I was wondering that, too. At first, that's what I thought. But then I was like, well, he, this could just be multiple sessions. He never picks up the wax or moves it. Agreed. Agreed, except that... Now, you and I are both familiar with um, the art of um, layering candle wax, especially over the course of days, weeks, possibly months, yes. possibly as long as a year. Yes, yes, definitely so. Definitely so, right? So, what I'll say is that I see at most, this, this is at most the third iteration of wax dripping here. Now, I'm talking about this white candle on the right. Because what'll happen is it looks like steps. And by steps, I mean two Ps and an E. Steps. So it's stepping up. 
You'll have layers gotcha. and layers, you know? And this is like, I see definitely two different iterations, but no more than that. I could see a possible third. I see possible third. Possible third. But I that now third totally could... see what you mean. It's not just one smooth, contiguous melt. It right. is a, like, wax melts, then it hardens, then another layer of wax melts on top of that. Right. Uh, so on and so forth. Yes, and there's I... definitely at least three iterations of melting off that candle. Possibly three. That that the top one could be one that's curling around in front there too. I'm not sure about that. Right. So definitely two, possibly definitely two. three. So. So all I'm saying is good work. Like they had to come in and do at least two burns to make it seem like these have been here for a while. That's right. Really weird, man. What that, that they that would kind put of that detail. much work. Right. It's not weird. It's depressing. You know, to make a movie, it's like, okay, well. But the thing about this is, this is not happening in the dude's bathroom, probably. They can just do this any old time. It's a cutaway. So it's like, second unit can go off, put a tape recorder there, put the cassette with the thing all propped beautifully up, angled towards us so we can read it, burn some candles, blow them out, Burn them again, get some layers of wax, put a razor back there amidst the wax. <laughs> right. You know? And then that's a shot. It's not moving. There's nobody in it. You can't even see. Like, it could be anywhere. There's no details it's, of, like, no. The, the floor tile or the way Nothing. the wall or anything because it's dark. Totally black in the background, fuzzed out. There's a one weird little detail up in the upper right corner on a wall or something, and I don't know what that is. I can't really make it out, but that's not enough to say it is or it isn't his bathroom. Although, if you think about his bathroom, where the F is this table? And I should probably, like, go forward and see when the Nihilists come in, but... Oh, see? So that's supposed to be the wallpaper in the background. Well... Maybe they did shoot it. Oh, I'm getting into a whole candle thing, but I'm I'm past this minute. We'll have to wait for that. I can't. I can't. Further explanation of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna I see say where like, it is. You know what no, I, mean? I oh, I may or may not see where it is. Well, I, yeah, it's fifty-five. 14. No, there it definitely we're, is. We're not at that point. Oh, it's definitely there. Look I'm at fifty-five twenty-six. Oh, you're way out there, man. I was trying not to do too much of that. Sorry. This is a private residence, man. Yeah, I see where it is, but I don't like the way it looks in the close-up, you know? It definitely doesn't seem to match at all, actually. Not at all. It was just some other time. It was two months later. They have a whole separate, you know, shot list of crap the second unit's gotta go get, and they just work it in when they can. Make it match as best you can. The production designer shows up for a couple of minutes says, yes, looks good. Fuzz it out back there. You'd never notice this stuff, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's like okay. it doesn't... It really, candles, really doesn't match. The candles aren't the right shape. The white candle in particular hasn't, like, bled through the side of it. Like we see in the close-up. It's all crazy. The uh, table is like square. 
Wasn't it always square? But no, it's more rectangular. Mm, I don't know about that. You're seeing it at a low angle. I'm the, not going to um, put the hammer down on that one. Yeah. But yeah, just a lot of it just does not match. The wallpaper doesn't really match, in my opinion. Ah, boy, I don't know. The way the tape, the tape, it's just not positioned the same at all. No, and it's too dark over there in the background, but that's, yeah. they're focusing our attention on what matters. We're looking at the cassette cover and trying to read what it says, because the dude had checks that had a whale on them. And now he's listening to Song of the Whale. Yeah. Well, do you think the Coen brothers wrote this and they're like, all right, like sketch of the dude. And somewhere they said, like, he likes whales. Definitely. And it came through two places. Or maybe the real life dude. It's some inside joke. He really liked whales also. Well, it's one way or the other, but it's an intentional whale reference. Because remember, the titular Lebowski is kind of a whale, too. But yeah, these candles are crazily not matching. Lighting's not matching. What about... Leave a message. It takes a minute. That happens so much quicker, doesn't it? Right, yeah. I mean, at least they got the message the same, but it's weird. Right, yeah, because in the first one, leave a message, it takes a minute. And then there's this pause of seconds. Like, I mean, it's timed perfectly to match into the dialogue of him talking with the right. cops. And we were marked with the on story, that. you know, the, the pacing of the film. But yeah, here it's like, well, that no longer works with the pacing of the film. Right. We've heard it. It's not funny anymore. So just go leave a message. It takes a minute. Beep. Just right away. Or maybe he recorded it again. But why would he say it takes a minute? Or who knows why it takes a minute. <laughs> like, maybe it takes a minute if there's no messages. The timings are a little fuzzy in this scene. Yeah. Or or we could argue that it's from his uh, point of view, and he doesn't have a good handle on the passage of time. That's always your fallback, isn't it? Well, I'm just, I'm grasping at straws, really. Well, I got a the question for you. The dude is not in. Leave a message after the beep. It takes a minute. It takes me a minute. Beep! Right away. This is duty officer Rolvog of the LAPD. Excuse me? That's what his name is? That's what it says. Oh, I missed that one. Speaking of police, I have a question for you, sir. Yes. What is the name of the police chief of Malibu's yeah, I messed that one up. Let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> what is the police chief of Malibu's last name? Not the name of his name, because who knows what his name calls itself. Don't answer that. I won't. That's a perfect question for our quiz. There's a question for the quiz. So if you know the answer... Or even if, you, well, you know what? Here, no, I'm going to go back on that. We've given away one t-shirt very easily already. Yes. It doesn't take much. But let's, uh, from now on, we're going to tally up the most right answers. And just keep submitting. Whoever has the most right answers, if there's a tie, we'll put them in a, a Folgers coffee can from Ralph's, and we'll pick one out. 
But I, I'm going to say, even if you submit, you're probably still just going to win a t-shirt. So Right. I mean, if you just answer that one question. Right. Get one get correct answer. Just give the answer to that question. <laughs> Ready for another one? Just two in a row. All right, two What's, in a row, go. Because it's right here. What's the dude's only form of ID that he gives to the police chief of Malibu, or that the police chief of Malibu finds in his wallet? He's got one form of ID on him. There you go. What is that? So, two questions. So if you don't know the answer, it's really easy. Just do all that one scene, and you can get both answers. Not too difficult. So there you go, Not two questions. You know the answer? You can go to gutterballs.tv using your favorite internet browser so what's an internet browser give me an example chrome safari firefox ie like netscape netscape navigator what about web crawler can they use that no does that that still work i don't think so shit but go to gutterballs.tv click contact you can send us a message let us know the answers. Ben of the USA did it. He did if it. If he can do it, I guarantee you, if he can do it, anybody can do it. That's for sure. Because, man, that guy. Here. I'm going to. Now, Ben of the USA sent us some answers to our quiz. So I'm going to pick a random answer. He actually answered the entire quiz. Um. Which is pretty impressive. He may have answered beyond the whole quiz. That's, I think, more likely. He even answered questions we didn't. We don't. That aren't even in the quiz that we didn't ask. <laughs> I don't have the answer. I, I have it here. That he is. He answered fifty-eight. Fifty-eight questions. Fifty-eight questions. Well, here. Let me. Um. What was his answer? Yes. Two. Yes. Question number. Um, stand by, stand by. Yes. Question number 11. Question number what 11. What was the dude's landlord's name? And what was the answer to that? Beef curtains. Beef curtains. Congratulations, Ben of the USA. You just won a t-shirt. His name wasn't Beef Curtain. I could see that guy being called Although Beef he, Curtains. You know what? That, was, that might be his nickname, actually. Beef Curtains. He does come rolling out from behind a admittedly non-beef-looking curtain at one point. <laughs> okay. Well, Jeebus, what have we done? We've unraveled the connections between George W. Bush and the dude. We found an errant joint. An errant joint. I suppose it's not all for naught. For me, the errant joint is the highlight of this minute, of this episode, uncovering that. Because I had never saw that before, and I think it's awesome. He reaches into his pocket to pull out the change for coffee. As he throws it down, there's also a joint. And he, he quickly snatches up and puts back in his pocket. He kind of snatches it up a little, like, miffedly. Well, he's kind of upset with Walter, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah this fucking thing happened. He dropped my no, fucking course, joint. Yeah, Pick the it joint's up. joint's on the counter. Pick this up. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed it either. The only reason I went back and rewatched it is because I thought maybe he had dropped a dollar bill on the counter and then was like, well, I don't want to give that much for a cup of coffee I didn't even finish. I'll just give my 42 cents. So I went back and rewatched it. It's like, nope, that's a joint. 
At least he didn't drop it on the... Boop! Next time on Gutterballs. Hey, hey, this is a private residence, man. 